I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's uh, one of the MCSCs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. We're running a little late here, but we're going to all catch up. This is uh, our normal normal program. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Now, a year ago today, Chris Murphy was emailing my kids at UConn telling them that if net neutrality is uh, removed by the FCC, your free and open internet's going to go away. Be afraid. Thanks, Chris. Kids come home and tell me, Daddy, the free internet. Well, they didn't say Daddy. They're like, hey, Daddy, uh, free internet's going to go away. Chris Murphy told us so. Well, of course it didn't. It's a year ago today, and uh, they, you know, when the FCC said, hey, no, no net neutrality. Net neutrality is not necessary. Well, you've got to understand, to a mm. politician... Everything is free. Exactly. That's All true. they need to do is pass a law, and yeah. it's theirs. It's theirs. <laughs> so it's been 12 months, and you still have been able to download all the illegal movies you ever wanted to download, legal or, le- or illegal these days. You can go ahead on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. Uh, the headlines at CNN, which is even surprising that people even go into that site, according to this uh, article, which is kind of funny, said the Internet is no longer going to, you know, is dead as we know it. And that uh, was the front page um, and of course, somehow, some way, CNN.com still exists. So again, what is net neutrality? Well, Chris Murphy wanted to make sure that the broadband companies couldn't charge you more for moving more data at a faster rate down the internet. He wanted to keep the internet open so that there was no extra charges. So if if Bob downloaded 4K movies all day long, he wasn't going to get charged anymore by the cable company. If I just was reading email. I'd be charged the same. What does that mean? The network has to charge all of us more because they have to cover Bob's 4K movie habit. Um, so all of us would have incurred higher costs if they couldn't hit Bob for more fees. But they have not hit you, have they, Bob? They don't hit you more for your 4K movie habit. I'm just speaking hypothetically. He doesn't have a 4K movie habit. But my point is they're not doing it, right? Well, I, I pay an ungodly charge as it is now. Well, that's so. exactly right. <laughs> but the point is, they, they have the ability to manage their network, and they're not charging you more to do it. And net neutrality was supposed to protect you from them doing that to you. Now, here in Connecticut, on our, actu- on our actual highways, those things that we drive our cars on that are packets on the Internet, Governor Lamont is going to actually consider tolling Mack trucks which would be equivalent to Bob's 4K movie habit. Yeah, but, you know, that, that's, that can't happen. Article 1, Section 10 of the uh, Constitution expressly forbids that because they did that prior to the states becoming a, a country. Right. I'm just talking about the technology, but you're right about the Constitution. But the point is he wants to tax the Mack trucks 
with tolls on our actual highways. So he believes in not having net neutrality either. He believes he can tax those trucks separate from us cars. Now, we all know he's going to tax everything, right? But the the point is the government seems to be okay with not having net neutrality and taxing our packets on the highway. That's what they want to do to us next. Well, yeah, and plus but they also they don't have want the to internet protect, companies doing it. They have to protect these, uh, you know, these these carve outs. You know what I mean? The territories yeah, that I currently know. exist. I know, but I it mean, is interesting. Interesting juxtaposition, I think. Yeah, we could all still be stuck with the uh, frontier. <laughs> exactly. So we'll put a link up here to some of the uh, articles talking about the fact that it's been a year since net neutrality was killed. And uh, Chris Murphy predicting it's our demise of the Internet, and it's still here, guys. And you haven't been charged more. We're being charged too much, but there are competitors out there that if we just welcome them into our neighborhoods, like go NetSpeed, if you just tell – if 10% of your town says to go NetSpeed, come on in, you'll have a competitor against the other incumbent broadbands. Just tell them you're interested. I've sent them uh, two emails so far. Yeah, keep it so coming. I've signed up. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, I've got an article I can post relative to this also because mm-hmm. – it's uh, 10 pages long. It's a long read. Mm-hmm. And there are links to other articles so that if you really want to know all the different nuances of the net neutrality debate, mm-hmm. you could read this article. This would take you a good mm, half a day probably to read it all. <laughs> but, you know, like I say, if you're really interested in the subject, you know, we can post a link. All right. Very good. In and other news. The fight's not over, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, they want to... They want to figure out some way to, quote, unquote, keep the Internet free and open. But all that means is we got to protect our cronies. <laughs> yeah, it's the status quo of the incumbent broadband providers. Um, what did you else you got there, Bob, you wanted to bring up? Okay. So I got the two on the net neutrality. Yeah. And <clears throat> we have a foul-mouthed rescue parrot. Yeah. He forges an Amazon Alexa friendship. Oh, you're kidding. Rocco the African Gray parrot. Mm-hmm isn't the usual sort of G-rated animal rescue story. The stray bird came into the care of the National Animal Welfare Trust Mm -hmm. charity in the UK in late 2017 and soon showed off his love of swear words. Oh, boy. Rocco has since developed a charming new habit, talking to Amazon Alexa Echo Assistant. Nice. The National Animal Welfare Trust says Rocco caused... A few issues initially in the office mm-hmm. by swearing regularly and throwing his water bowl around. Yeah. Staff member Marion Wisniewski adopted a, the cute troublemaker mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And uh, the National Animal Welfare Trust reported on Friday that Rocco has fallen in love with Wisniewski's Alexa device. Of course. Wisniewski told, told the son that she has to check her Amazon shopping list and cancel the items the bird has ordered. <laughs> What is a bird ordering on Alexa? He's attempted to shop for treats, including strawberries, watermelon, raisins, and ice cream. No way. <laughs> and get some delivered. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, despite his dirty vocabulary and passion for Amazon shopping, Wisniewski says, he loves to dance and has the sweetest personality. Okay. But he's ordering <laughs> stuff on Amazon through Alexa, through their smart speaker otherwise known as a smart microphone. Well, you know, they can they can uh, copy your voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Perfectly. So that <laughs> so Rocco funny. sounds just like, you know. Uh... Just like his owner. Yep. All right. Well, another news on smart microphones really quickly. Forget your deepest, darkest secrets. Darkest secrets that you're going to, of course, should be considering while your smart microphone, otherwise known as a smart speaker, listening to you. It's now going to start listening to your sniffles and farts. 
Um, basically, it's going to listen to see what's going on with you personally, according to a British AI company. They're hoping to actually use uh, artificial intelligence to sell you stuff. So, like Bob, you can probably tell, has a little bit of a cold. So his smart microphone in his home would be able to say, Hey, buddy, you know what? Can I order you some halls there? You got a little tickly? You know, or maybe I can get you some Puffs Plus for that little uh, scratchy nose there because you're sneezing all the time. So just imagine having this happen. I mean, we are somehow finding ourselves comfortable with sticking a microphone in our homes connected to huge multi-conglomerate style uh, commercial companies so that they can sell you stuff. Wouldn't that be weird if all of a sudden the speaker talks back to say, hey, Bob, I think you got a cold. Would yeah. you like me to order you some? Is your nose itchy? Do you need some uh, Sudafed, kid? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. we talk about the smart speakers. I recently uh, won one, and I have yeah. one that I use, which I want to get rid of. Right. And you know what I'm finding out? What? Nobody wants them anymore. No. Why yeah. would you want a microphone in your house? Well, connected the to, answers that I'm getting is is that they're creepy. Yeah, connected to lovely companies like Google and Amazon. They're just so warm and fuzzy. They're just out to you know be at your best interest. And they're right not there. sharing anything with the government. No, yeah. no. It's, no it's not the government. They're going to share it with all their, all their uh, folks trying to sell you stuff. So I'll put a link on here to that. But that's what they're thinking to do next. They're going to actually be listening for all sorts of stuff for you guys to make sure that they can keep you nice and comfortable with your cold. So we're going to step up for a quick break. We're going to put all these online for you to read. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Anything we talk about is posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We are live. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll do our best to help you out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. We did have a little snafu, so the, the show started a little late this morning. But uh, feel free to get online. We're here live, four lines wide open, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we'll do our best to help you out. And while we wait for your calls and other news, this is kind of an interesting thing. A small town um, rejects Comcast. Uh, basically, they decided, uh, rather than having uh, Comcast come in, this is in uh, Charmount, Massachusetts, which boasts just 1,300 residents. Um, they basically said, you know what? We're not really interested in having Comcast come in and build out a internet network. They're going to build our own. So this is again municipal broadband, and uh, they had a, a vote, and the measure passed with 56% uh, rejecting Comcast, Comcast offer for the next 20 years. Um, basically, they will pay an average of 133 bucks uh, each uh, for the year to cover the cost of the build out. That's that's nothing. 133 bucks, 133 bucks a year to get your own high-speed broadband versus being beholden to Comcast. Good for these guys. Um, so there'll be a, the ability for them to have high-speed broadband internet uh, on their own municipal broadband uh, versus the... For $133 a, a year, year, not a month. Well, that's the tax. So you're being taxed for that build-out piece, right? That's your every household has to pay that little chunk every year to maintain the network. Right, but they do have to pay for the service, and the service is about uh, is less expensive than Comcast's service, um, and of course it's their network, so they're not going to have to worry about introductory fee, uh, introductory offers that then triple and quadruple over time, right? All the things that we're all dealing with because they are the ones maintaining the network themselves. So, so what does Whip City charge? Oh gosh, Whip City up there in uh, Westfield is it West Westfield? 
Uh, yeah. I think they are. They are. But they're, they're the buggy whip capital of the world, and they are charging, what, 60 bucks or something like that for 100 megabit connections a month? I can go look at it. But even GoNetSpeed is another example, um, which is a which is a, just another option for a uh, high-speed connection to your home, much cheaper than these incumbent broadband companies. So they're happy to spend a million bucks of their own money to escape being part of folks like Comcast. I'll put a link up here for you guys to take a look at it, but it is interesting. Um, let's get to your calls here. And uh, I think we got uh, a call coming in from Florida. Matt, is, it, is he all set? Matt, you there, Matt? Oh, he's on the phone talking to him, I think. <laughs> Maybe not. But we still have three lines open, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. You know, what would you rather do? Would you rather have your own municipal broadband, or would you rather be paying for the what you're paying now, which is generally a car payment for internet and TV? Um, well, we lost that caller. Yeah. But uh, if you uh, think about it, <clears throat> mm-hmm. what the cities are charging, you know, compared to – what the protected monopolies are charging. I know. You know, it's like uh, amazing, you know, how much the profit is. Right. So yeah. pure internet access would be 50 bucks to 50 to 105 bucks through Comcast, uh, but between 80 to 100 for municipal. But that again comes down to the what they're going to offer you for some sort of introductory offer. Um, you're going to you're not going to have to deal with monthly modem rentals, you're not going to have to deal with any kind of data caps. Um, but basically, they're saying it's going to be slightly cheaper than Comcast to build their own network, but they're happy to do it. They're happy to actually bond a million dollars <laughs> to build their own network than deal with uh, with uh, Comcast. So we just need more options here in Connecticut and uh, more like this. Uh, there's 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 a sci-fi coming into East Hartford, uh, which is kind of a public-private connection um, that's going to happen, which I'm looking forward to. Um, there have been other municipal broadbands. Again, the the folks are trying to quash it, um, unfortunately. But there have been some successes here in Connecticut for that and failures. I mean, New, uh, New London didn't have a good rollout of their municipal broadband. But all we need is op- opportunity and uh, options to keep our prices down. So we're going to step out for a quick break. We've got Bill and Windsor on the line. We've got three lines open for you on this Saturday morning. I know you're all out there shopping. But if you have any issues or questions or comments or concerns having to do with computers, Bob and I are here live. We'll take them and do our best for you. Everything we talked about so far is posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which, is also, which also works. If you go to Facebook and you happen to like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg deems the newsworthy, it might get into your news feed. And if you follow us on Twitter at Tab Computer Sys, we'll tweet it right to you. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We are going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. And we have one line open for you, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. I just want to clarify on Whip City Fiber. Again, this is municipal fiber just across the border, literally just across the border in the buggy whip capital of the world. They are selling their residents' internet for 69 bucks a month for 1,000 megabits of speed up and down. That's gigabit speed for boys 69 and girls. gigabit speed for 69 bucks. No contracts, no caps. That's that's municipal fiber. That's how that's how it can be done right. 
And New London didn't, didn't, didn't do it so well. <laughs> they actually went bankrupt. So that's the definition but. of net neutrality right there. Sort of. Up and down. Gigabit speed. Oh, it's equal. Yeah, this is a definition. Yeah, <laughs> not the one the way that the, the marketers want to sprint it, spin it to you. All right, let's get to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. Let's go to Bill in Windsor. What's going on, Bill? Good morning. How are you today? Doing fine. How are you, sir? Terrific. Yeah, I've been listening to your conversations uh, last week and this week as well on the invasion privacy issues associated with devices such as Alexa. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing some research into some of these home-based internet uh, monitoring systems, such as Arlo, Nest, Rain, perhaps others, and, mm-hmm. which will allow me to monitor my home from afar. Yeah. And my question is, do these devices introduce the same invasion of privacy issues as Alexa? And if they do, are there ways to prevent this from happening? So, yes. Uh, any kind of camera in your home, uh, technically, you got to be careful with as far as how you configure it. Most people don't configure it securely, right? So they don't set up any any proper passwords and proper configurations. So they use defaults. And before you know it, anybody's looking at your camera. There's cameras all over the world that you can just – they have a whole list of them of people who have misconfigured their security cameras so people can look at your look at your home or look whatever you, wherever you put your camera. So the answer is yes, same exact privacy concerns if you haven't configured them properly. If they happen to include a microphone, even further concerns, right? Um, so the answer is yes. And also, it gets creepy. Um, you know, put, putting cameras within your home, too, you know, there's an issue of even your guests being aware that you've got cameras in there that you may want to say, hey, guys, by the way, I've got like 15 cameras in here and they're watching everything we do. Um, there's some, you know, issues there, I think, when it comes to having people in your home and you've got cameras pointing within the home. Um, pointing externally, same idea, Good, great for security. To see what's going on in your home, but there are issues if you haven't configured it properly, and a lot of people don't. They just plug it in. Even professionals, sadly, don't. They'll use defaults and everything, and, and not even bother setting it up properly through firewalls and, and properly. I was thinking, the you know, having yeah. all those cameras in your home, yeah, you're doing the security and all that, right? That might be good uh, protection against. Uh, like a college frat party. <laughs> well, yeah. It's good for that. <laughs> Everything being recorded. It's good for that. But yeah, you should have those same concerns, Bill. So you have to read the uh, instructions of your of your video camera systems and make sure you secure them. They do have the instructions. People don't read them. They just plug- if, if properly uh, set up, they are secure. Well, that's always going to have a as quote. As much as anything can be. Correct. There's always going to be quotes around it because you're still um, hoping that the provider of the cameras don't have backdoors and improperly configured systems themselves. So there's a lot of cameras out there that were manufactured badly, and uh, the manufacturers didn't even realize that even though you thought you configured it properly, there's still backdoors and, and, and ways to get at these cameras that the manufacturer wasn't aware of. So, yes, you don't even know. If you do it all right, you could still be wide open and not even realize it. A lot of these cameras were designed as closed-circuit television cameras. Mm. And that firmware doesn't have the privacy built into them. No. So when you buy them, you have to go to the manufacturer and download and install the latest firmware, which most people don't have the technical technological know-how to do. Yeah. So that you know you can get this security firmware implemented. And the reason they have those that firmware is because they realized they didn't have an update in the first place, and they had to they had to do it. So keep it in mind; it's definitely. An issue, and it will continue to be an issue. The more we connect uh, internet-connected devices to our to ourselves and our homes, the more security risks we're going to have. See, my problem with most of these security platforms is that they rely on a cloud-based control, yeah. where it's controlled by a third party. Right. And 
I'll buy in when I can move that control platform into my house and right. I have control on your over own it, computer. And then the third party doesn't have access to it. Exactly. But they want to rent you or, or, or bill you something monthly, so they give they you this ridiculous yeah. connection to the cloud. Um, and then if the uh, cloud goes down, you can't open the door. <laughs> you can't open your front door. <laughs> yeah, so you're right to be concerned, Bill. Okay, I even keep a little post them on the camera that's on my computer, so that's, that's where I'm at in terms of uh, worrying oh, about covering it up. Things, so. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. covering up. Yep, that, that's an issue, too. So. Thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate oh. it. Have a nice holiday. Yep. Thank you too, sir. Thank you. All right. So, uh, yep. Be concerned. Be very concerned. <laughs> Let's go on to Jason in East Heartland next. Hey, Jason. What's up? Hey. How are you guys? Doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. Um, just a question on backing up a, a laptop PC. Mm-hmm. Seems like I'm using I'm using a Windows 10 utility as a tool to back it up to an external drive. All right. And it, it the whole process takes like. 20 seconds to a minute, so it doesn't seem like it's really backing it up. And I go look in the drive, and I don't see like a folder modified within the past year. So oh, boy. It doesn't yeah. look like it's doing anything. I agree. Yeah, I think you've got a misconfigured backup of some kind. Um, there's two ways to look at this, Jason. You, when you're doing an, an actual automated backup, you're actually going to produce a file that's going to be unreadable, except by that software to restore so if you look at backups the more simple way, if you just do a copy and paste, like if you have directories that you know are your important file directories, you know, my documents, pictures, music, whatever you might have stored them, you can simply do copy and paste on occasion and actually just copy the data over to the drive and then disconnect it. Now the data is just sitting there. It's not in some funky format uh, that you have to worry about because you simply did a copy and paste. That's a idea, not necessarily a good idea. It's a idea um, because there's drawbacks of that because you could miss directories that you should be grabbing, and it could be your next novel you worked on. You set up a directory, or your wife, God forbid, created a novel saying this is my next great work, and you're not backing it up, and then you're in trouble because you did it selectively. So a selective backup is not as good as an all-encompassing backup. But Windows backup clearly is not working for you, I don't think. Um, you could try a third-party backup. I recommend Isus. Yeah, Ease US. Ease Us. Ease Us, yeah. It's a Chinese company. A little nervous on that, but it it, it does work. <laughs> um, and again, it's going to produce a, uh, that same backup technology. It's going to slam to your hard drive, that hard drive off that's uh, connected to your, to your machine, but it won't be in a readable fashion until you do a restoration. You need the software to restore it, mm-hmm. but you can grab your whole system and it can be automated. So I can put a link to that tool because I, I think your Windows backup is not that good. Um, and we could try to walk you through properly setting up a Windows backup, but well, um, there's a better u- utility from third party. I think so. Versus the Windows one. Yeah, we wouldn't use a Windows anything if we can avoid it. <laughs> Any utility that has the word Windows in it, we try to avoid and use third party. Well, there are utilities in Windows that you can use that sure. will do an excellent job. However, yeah, it's not easy. Yes, they always overcomplicate things. Right. You can do simple things like, you know, X copy and all sorts of little basic copy commands to do this backup, that one I first told you about, where you set up a batch or a scheduled time in your system to kick off this batch file that says copy all my files from these directories to that spot. Um, but again, it's selective, right? So if you put something important and you haven't included it in your selection, you're not going to back it up. Gotcha. So we'll put the link to the, uh, the ESUS. It's by Tudo, Tudo I think. And uh, check it out and see if that works for you. Otherwise, do a simple copy. But make sure you disconnect that hard drive from your computer. Oh, I do. I, I, I uh, have it on my desk, and once in a while, when I remember, I'll plug it in and do a, run a backup. So it's oh, so you're still doing it manually now. 
Yeah, I, was, I, I don't, oh. I don't, I don't have it automatic scheduled. I just do it uh, okay. at times. So maybe the the backup copy is the way to do it. Again, you, time flies faster than you think, so you could miss all sorts of data by doing it manually too. Um, that is true. That is true. But I hate to leave the drive plugged in. Well, it's yeah, a don't do that. So I'm always, um, it's always on the road with me every day anyway. So it's. It, it gets plugged in and unplugged every day. All right, good, yeah. And the reason we don't want it plugged in is because if you get hit with crypto, if your drive is encrypted, it's probably going to encrypt your backup, too. Exactly. That's why I never leave it plugged in. Good. All right, so those are a couple options for you. We'll put a link up there for you for the software. You can check it out. And you said it's a Chinese company? I think it is, yeah. And they don't steal. No, see, yeah, uh, see, I get creeped out about it, too. But in my case, they're just backing up my pictures. I don't care if they got my pictures. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but you, yeah, if you're running, if you're running, you know, if you're working at Pratt & Whitney, I wouldn't recommend you use it. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll give them a try. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Good luck, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. You know, it's like Kaspersky and the uh, antivirus. You know, why would you use Russian antivirus or antivirus software from any place other than America? Uh, it just doesn't seem smart. Um, if you're a business or, you know, again, if you want to run it on your home computer and you don't care if the Russians know about you, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, it's up to you. All right, we're going to step up for a quick break. We've got Gary and Mark on the line. Two lines open for you guys, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. We are back. That was a quick break. Matt's cracking the whip this morning. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. No rest for the wicked. No. My goodness. Let's go to Mark. Well, he went through all his his commercial spots in our little snafu we had. Let's go to Mark and Cromwell. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Doing fine. How are you? Love your show, by the way. It's the most informative thing you offer on that station. (laughs) Well, I appreciate what you you like our show. I want to ask you a question. Uh, What are your thoughts are about a VPN like IP Vanish? Is that something worth having or not? Well, so VPNs is, again, you're you're trying to be more private, right, on the Internet? Yeah, I just feel like Big Brother's watching all the time. Yep. Yeah, so... There are there are whole uh, articles that are have been written by all sorts of folks that talk about the different VPNs out there to be more secure, quote unquote. However, some of them actually use your local DNS, so you you think you're actually surfing securely and you're not because your local DNS is being asked for the site that you're going to, and that DNS then is listed within your internet provider, right? Uh-huh. So you thought you were being secure and you're not. Uh-huh. Um, so the I would say that I don't know which ones are the ones that I trust. To be more secure, <laughs> uh-huh. and understand that they themselves have access to your DNS queries, right? So if they did it right and they use their DNS for your queries, who's to say someone can't go and find out where you went through their system, right? Right. right. Maybe if they're the Swiss, um, but uh, you know who knows. So I, I guess I would have to defer to, to smarter people than I that have actually used these technologies to try to be more secure. And I can uh-huh. find some recommendations for you out there from some trusted um, authors that we would recommend that you read to see if they have a, an opinion on that. But yeah, I, that would be great. I, yeah, I'll do that. But I would contend it's, you're not going to necessarily be much more secure. However, you know, DuckDuckGo is a, a search engine out there that's, that claims to be more private. Um, uh-huh. And they recently had a fight with Google just to get Duck.com back as a uh-huh. domain name. <laughs> Google didn't uh-huh. want to give it back to them. So I can put in- information about that up there and I'll try to find some Good articles on the VPNs. I've definitely read a few things on it, but I couldn't tell you which one's the most secure, quote-unquote. Okay. All right, because they are until they're not, right? 
Yeah, yeah. That's why I just wondered if they're just going to gather my data anyway and send it somewhere else. Yeah, anything you do on the, anything you do on the internet is traceable, right? Right. So the, the company can say, "Hey, Mark, we're not going to share our, your data with anybody until right. they do, right. until until somebody calls up and says, hey, I need this data about Mark,' and they're like, okay. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you're beaten no matter what you do, I guess. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I, I would just contend. I would just tell you when you're on the internet, somebody knows you're on the internet. Right. Right. So, you know, if what you're looking for is not something that, I mean, in some cases, I guess I could argue a little bit. Uh, I don't work for the ACLU. Uh, but that, you know, if you're looking for bomb making material, mm-hmm. I think right. some little alarm should go off maybe somewhere. I mean, yeah, I'm mixed, sure. I have mixed feelings about that. You know, maybe you're looking to understand the technology, but I don't know. You know, right. should, should an alarm go off somewhere? I mean, Obviously, pure libertarians would say, hell no. <laughs> Mark could look up whatever he wants. Maybe you uh, want to look up what you don't want to buy. <laughs> yeah, you just can't. Yeah, you know, I mean. But I'll put some links up there for you, Mark. Okay, that'd be great. All right, sir. All right. Thank you very much. No, thank you for the uh, for the call. All right, have all right. a good holiday. You too. Yeah, bye-bye. bye-bye. Or my neighbor's buying all this stuff. I wonder what it's for. Yeah, right. Why is this all ammonium nitrate being delivered to his house? I don't understand. He doesn't have a big farm. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really a double-edged sword, right? We all want our own privacy, yet we put microphones in our houses. And then Mark wants to, you know, feel that he can be, you know, open and, and surf the Internet for whatever the heck he wants to and not worry about Big Brother making a judgment of what he's doing. Um, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Um, you know, you heard the whole thing about that email that happened on Thursday, right, where the bomb, quote-unquote, bomb threats were sent out worldwide and this crazy email thing, right? Um you know where they said, "Hey, if you if you don't give me twenty thousand dollars in Bitcoin, I'm going to blow your building up." I mean, you, most people would realize that's a scam in about thirty seconds. But again, it's, you just can't be too too careful these days. Well, wait a minute. They sent them to government entities. Oh, and businesses, and churches, and right. you name it, all sorts and, of things. But people who are running the government mm-hmm. depend on IT people, and most governments don't have their own IT people. So they can't call anybody. So mm. the first thing they do is panic, yeah. and they don't know how to look through the headers. Right. And somebody went and looked through the headers and said, "Well, this originated from Moscow." Yeah. And now I don't know about you. Yeah. But I get this thing asking for Bitcoin because it claims I did something I didn't do, and it's watching right. me on my webcam that right. I don't have. Right. And you know, it's recreated recordings of me and right. all of that other stuff. It's awful. And if I only sent them $14,000, they'll In make Bitcoin. it all go away. In, In Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. And you know what? It comes from Russia. Yeah. It comes so from all sorts of As soon of as that was on the news, I says, you know, this is uh, one of those... Uh, it's a hoax. It's a scam. And the thing is, this could be all stopped. Bitcoin is fake money. It's fake money. They want twenty. They, they don't call it twenty thousand dollars in Bitcoin. They, they don't call it twenty thousand bitcoins. They say I want twenty thousand dollars, the real money, worth of fake money. So if Blumenthal wants to do something, I mean, I know he's working on the epipens, working hard. I mean, that hasn't changed much. But if you really want to work on something, make it illegal to connect anything real to something fake like Bitcoin. Well, how come nobody will take Bitcoin? But the bad guys on their websites. Well, it's just the bad guys that want to you take. You can't. It. You can't cash in. Of course, uh, what you call Amazon's Amazon going to come, come out with their own version and the, of Bitcoin. And in my opinion, they are, well, even they I think they accept Bitcoin. These companies that are accepting this fake money, it's fake, are causing this problem. The bad guys can use it to just say, send us money to an anonymous place 
And they really can't be caught as easily because these Bitcoin wallets are truly anonymous. We just have to say exchanges of Bitcoin to make it into real can't exist. So the bad guys can use their fake money to buy fake whatever, but they want to go ahead and convert it into real money so they can buy a real boat. All right, twenty grand and is a real is a boat, right? In Russia, it's two boats. <laughs> my contention, in the case is, of toilet paper, and this is just theory on my part. My contention is, Bitcoin was created to create an anonymous method of transferring money yeah. around the world for nefarious means. Exactly. Uh, you know. So, if you really want a cause, that's one you should go after. Make it make it impossible to convert something fake like that into something real. If it wants to stay in the fake world, that's great. They can go play with their Bitcoin all day long. But the moment it connects to the real, it's causing a problem. It's like taking a $20 coupon from Walmart and going down to uh, some other store and say, hey, I want $20 worth of merchandise for this. Yeah, right. No thanks. This is one-tenth of a cent value. <laughs> Let's go quickly on to Gary here. He's been waiting the longest. Hey, Gary, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing fine. Uh, I had a quick question. Um, I have a Windows 7 laptop. And I'm milking it, <coughs> milking it for as long as it will go. Okay. I have some, I have some issues. It's over seven years old. You know, I know I need to get a new computer, Windows 10. I don't have um, internet or um, where I am. I use a uh, Verizon hotspot where I get one bar that blows away to nothing. Oh boy. So anyhow, I, I've had issues where the uh, updates have probably been cut off, and then there's issues about. Uh, the computer running properly. Yeah. So you, I really don't know what the answer is to get a new computer. No, your uh, internet is so slow you can't even do the update. Probably. Yeah, you know, I go like to a library or whatever, but yeah, that, that times. And what I did is, um, I'm just wondering if I Windows 97. If that came out in 1997, correct? If you say that again. I have a Windows 97, so that came out in 1997. Windows, never heard of Windows 97. There's Windows 98, which came out late. Uh, there's Windows 95. There is no Windows 97. If you get Windows no. 97, you get something kind of weird. No, no. You know what? I'm totally spaced out. I have the uh, home office, I think. Oh, Office? Office. They yeah. had a 97 version. An Office of 97? Office. Okay, that's the Office yeah. suite. And again, Microsoft would like you to believe that it came out that year. Sometimes they did not. What? Besides security, when you get updates twice a week, what is it updating on the on the, on the platform? On the off for Word and Excel. For you talking about for your Word, your Office suite. No, I'm you, talking about my actual platform. Your platform, yeah. Um, they're gonna. Uh, it's basically security is really all you got left with Windows Seven. That support's gonna end in 2020. Um, so what happens? What happens? Like I did two weeks ago, I turned it off. Yeah. And it's almost all security. Well, a friend of mine who's kind of a computer geek. She uses Avest for um, cleaning and for browsing, and that that cleaned out. She said, "Look, it, it's not going to clean out Windows on a Windows platform, and it just cleaned out so much stuff." Mm -hmm. um, I had a problem on desktop where it was really really slow, and you hit an a icon. Yeah. Um, well, I did a um, desktop scan, and sure. it went two hours, and it picked up one. I think it was a Windows broken thing, and mm -hmm. that came up, and so it's really flying. But if I have Open DNS, mm -hmm. I use Malwarebytes, yep. um, and I'm using Avast to clean and also... The you mean Avast, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've got some good security tools in place there. You don't need both of them running at the same time. You don't need you don't need Malwarebytes and Avast running at the same time. But yeah, so the security updates are going to stop in 2020, and eventually Microsoft will then, maybe a year into it, send an update down that 
doesn't make you know your word work anymore and you're going to have to upgrade um but as far as your it's you turn that all off right yeah you can can you operate cleanly with all the security there you can yeah but there could be a vulnerability that you're going to find yourself open to that without the patch you're going to get hit by it with all your security still there but your internet's so slow you're probably okay <laughs> I don't yeah. use. I do that. Yes, I do that. I do use that tonight, but I usually go where there's a uh, Wi-Fi, yeah. like the library, or my work office. So. Yeah, but to your point, Gary, generally I, I agree with your theory, um, but uh, you could always find a flaw in that armor there. Okay. You know, all I'm going to do is I'm going to call you back when I actually crash it because it has crashed and burned, and then I'll move and get an internet service, and then I'll go from there with it. With all right, we'll be there to help you, Gary. Thanks for calling. <laughs> All right, we're going to step out for a quick break. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Kurt, hang on. We'll get right to you. Three lines open for you. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.